Welcome to the SBS Tour de France podcast. It's sponsored by Zwift, which gives you a new way to compete without traffic or punches getting in your way. Zwift is an online community of cyclists around the world coming together to train and race virtually. Climb mountains, climb the leaderboards, or go for KOMs or QOMs. Loads of riders in the pro peloton use Zwift to train their way to the top, and you can too. Visit Zwift.com to get in on the action. Uh, welcome to the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast, uh, all the way from France, all the way from the Tour de France 2018. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that uh, you can download, stream, or even subscribe to our podcast on our website, svs.com.au slash central. I'm going to dream of that sentence. I'm going to say it about 25 times over the next three weeks. Welcome, Dave McKenzie. Hi, Maka. How are you going? Good to be back. Quite an interesting stage today, uh, Mur de Bretagne. I was really expecting that stage to deliver, and boy, it did. It did deliver, didn't it? It um, In spades, really. And Dan Martin, how good is he? He, You know what? I'm annoyed at myself, though, because he had his name all over this, I think. And in our little tipping comp, I picked Julian Alaphilippe. You know, I'll tell you what, I'm having words to quick step. Come on, boys, lift your game. You've only won two stages. So the French really letting you down today? Yeah, as usual. Yeah, as usual. <laughs> but you mentioned that uh, he had his name all over it. Uh, because last time we were here, he finished second. And he, he admitted he started too late last time. This time, he saw the little red flag of the last kilometer to go. And then, phew, off he went. Yeah, gone. He races on instinct, doesn't he? And that's what he said. He just And we saw that last year. And even post that nasty crash that he, that he was involved in with Richie Port, and obviously it took Richie out of the race, he continued on and he boxed on like a trooper. And I think, you know, he was always respected, Dan Martin, but the respect now that he gets from the peloton and then the fans on the other side of the fence, you know, they love him he, because he's a racer. And that's what we want to see. We want to see... You know, riders like that just lighting it up. Is in a new team for him, a new outfit, UAE. Change has been quite beneficial for him because they seem quite relaxed. He's really enjoying the time right now for him. He certainly is. And he said, you know, they've come here with no pressure. They're relaxed. I mean, it's funny because they're reasonably big budget team you know they slip under the radar a little bit uae but, but it's like they, they sponsor the country <laughs> yeah it's a whole country behind them and not the poorest country yeah no they got a little they got a little bit under the dirt under the soil uh, over in the uh, united arab emirates <laughs> basically f fuels every vehicle on the planet you know just that um but no he's came here and the other thing is too it's interesting because last year with quickstep He wasn't outright leader. Obviously, they have had a sprinter. This year, he comes as the outright leader, but with less pressure. Like, go figure. Normally, when it's like that, there's more pressure on you because they're, they're counting on one person to deliver the results. He's just jagged him a stage win. Happy days. Happy days for UAE. He'll just keep doing what he's doing, and that is being a real racer. And, you know, we're the, we're the ones who benefit from it, the fans uh, and, of course, the media, because, you know, we can write great stories. We can tell great stories about him. Talking of the devil, Luke was walking in. Here he is. Well, time to interview him. Well done. He said your name all over it, I think, from today's start. Yeah, on paper it did, you know, but uh, yeah, I even surprised myself with the effort I could put in in the finish there. I'm, I haven't done an explosive effort like that in training since uh, since the Ardennes. So it's, but it's an effort that comes natural to me, I think, uh, especially at the, after the end of a couple of hard days. You know, it's uh, I seem to be able to cope with those hard days racing better than uh, some of the other guys, especially the sprinter types. So, yeah. 
the legs just kept going there at the end. I just seemed to have a, whether it was adrenaline or just, yeah, it felt I had really, really good legs and uh, it's just great to be able to get one over the line. Are you going to annoy your other GC rivals throughout the tour? Because that's what I feel you did even last year, even after your crash. You're going to attack, you're not going to sit back, you're not going to wait for the big climbs. When there's a moment, you're going to seize it. Yeah, we'll see, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's a racing instinct that I seem to have that, uh, yeah, you might call it annoying to the other boys, but, uh, but yeah, I just, I've come into this tour with no pressure at all, and it's the same for the whole team, we're just having a very relaxed atmosphere in the bus, and mm. especially now we want to stage, it's like, it's a, the, the race is a success, let's just go and enjoy ourselves. Good stuff, well done. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Good on you, mate. So that was Dan Martin. Uh, lucky to have him straight on, on the podcast. Um, yeah, so great win all together. What else have you seen on that stage? From a personal point of view, Bardet got dropped. I think this is actually very worrying for people that support Bardet on this potential win. It's, it's worrying. He had a mechanical. He got back on and then he got dropped. So whether or not the chase to get back on really hurt him and he, he might have just gone complete red zone he might have panicked a little bit you know and you can't afford to do that when you when you're like that you have to just stay calm tom dumoulin he had a mechanical as well he got a wheel off a teammate he chased he didn't get back on it's 30 40 seconds somewhere around that mark so he's he's lost a bit of time richie port looked good he looked very good. He crossed the line. He's relaxed. He's really relaxed. He was really happy to talk to me immediately after the line. I mean, I like to think I'm a bit of a pro cyclist magnet. You know, they come to me. But that's, that's kind of your job, mate. You know, <laughs> Exactly. That's kind of why you're here. Yeah, that's the only reason I'm here. It's not, it's not for your haircut, you know? No, it's definitely not for my haircut, my looks, uh, my height, anything else except that. But no, no, he was, in all seriousness, he's very relaxed. You know, this is a minute after he crossed the line. He was happy to do the interview. He's feeling good, and he, so he should. He should be feeling confident because he let out with about a kilometre to go. He was sort of stuck on the front, and you could see, I think he wanted to go full gas, but he didn't want Greg Van Avermaet to get dropped either, so he was protecting that yellow jersey. How much of this was a test to see how and where were the other guys if he was going to attack? I understand what you mean about not wanting uh, the yellow jersey uh, Van Avermaet to be dropped, but how much he can read into this saying, okay, where were from? Where were the, the, the nearest competitors when I just put on the gas? Now, that was totally a test. And I think for him, regardless of whether they were bluffing, foxing or whatever, Richie would have crossed the line and thought, geez, I had a bit left in the tank. I feel pretty good because not too many people went past me. The only one who attacked passed him, and at that point was Dan Martin, who then went on to win the stage. And at that point, Richie had sort of swung off and gone back. So he didn't react straight away. I think he could have. He chose not to. He's not worried about the stage wins yet. He hasn't had won an individual stage win. That's not concerning him. He's here for yellow. And we've got a chance to have uh, Greg Van Avermaet walking in as well. Another day down, and we are another day closer yeah. to Roubaix. It'd be nice to take that yellow, wouldn't it, to Roubaix? Yeah, it would be super nice. I'm, I'm pretty happy that I, I take uh, four days uh, yellow now. And now it's more uh, two days, a little bit more flat, uh, more relaxed, hopefully. And uh, yeah, indeed, it would be great. I can keep the jersey to Roubaix and uh, enjoy the stage there closer to, to Belgium. So great Van Evermart, definitely uh, the man in yellow. is deserving to stay in yellow on, the, on those stages because, as you mentioned, for him, but also for the team, BMC are generally looking good. Yeah, he's riding well. He's riding smart, isn't he? And uh, look, yesterday uh, he, he hit the front a bit too early. Today he couldn't afford to do that. It was a harder climb. He had to follow wheels and then hope he had something in reserve at the end. He didn't have something in reserve, but he had enough to stay with them and hold the yellow. He had a little wry smile just then too when I said to him, we're getting edging closer to Roubaix. He knows it and he's looking forward to it. 
Absolutely. Okay, we take a, a short break and uh, after that we'll talk to some Aussie fans I've met just a, a bit earlier on. Uh, they've been on a tour all around and we have a quick chat with them. You're not going anywhere, are you? Well, I, I am going somewhere because uh, I need a uh, gr sausage grillé. I'm hungry. See you in a sec. Don't go anywhere. Uh, and now, top of Mur de Bretagne, we have uh, we spotted a couple of uh, Aussies here. What's your name? Um, Derek from Adelaide. Uh, Paul from Adelaide as well. So South Australia, massive. Yeah, yeah, we're um, big cycling fans. Always go to the Tour Down Under every year, and thought we'd have a bit of a um, a tour over to. The, we went to the French Alps, the Italian Alps, um, also to Brittany. Oh, sorry, to um, the Pyrenees, and also um, Provence. So. We did that for 12 days with eight of our mates from Adelaide and now we've moved on to follow the tour for the six days. Broadway bunch. The Broadway Bunch from Adelaide. Yeah, so there was uh, yeah eight guys. So we, we've got a group of guys in Adelaide, about 30 of us that ride together, uh, known as the Broadway Bunch. And uh, eight of the Broadway Bunch um, left the wives at home for uh, for a few weeks and uh, we came and, and chilled out doing lots of cycling and uh, you know lots of wine and beers and stuff and having a ball. So how does that differ from the, the TDU? You said it's like the Tour Down Under on steroids, like this is even... You don't say this word at Tour de France. Oh, sorry, no, <laughs> I'm bad, kidding. Bad call. Um, yeah, it's just oh, to the 10th degree, everything's just bigger, louder, brighter, um, but it's been brilliant. And the Tour Down Under does all right, fights pretty well for its size. And what about the, the cycling, because you guys have been riding some of those roads. How does that feel to actually be there on the road? I looked, um, you know, look, the, the first climb that we did whenever we arrived in, it, in Italy was uh, the Stelvio. And uh, like in Adelaide, uh, the longest climb that we've got is Green Hill Road, which is you know, about nine kilometres and I think average of about 6%. And the Stelvio, you know, is you know, 25 and it's just relentless. It's at you all the time, but it's just so spectacular. You know, the switchbacks and, and the amount of cyclists on the road in Italy and France is just amazing this time of year. So I look, the climbs over here, I mean, they compare a little bit with some of the stuff in, uh, in Victoria. You know, we, um, we went and did the Three Peaks earlier this year and, um, you know, Mount Hotham's a fairly punchy climb, you know, 30Ks, um, but nothing compared to here. Can Richie do it this year? Well, certainly hope so. This man's got $30 on no, him. 50. Oh, 50, 50, 50 at 9 to 1. Don't underestimate him. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. We're, uh, we're certainly barracking for him and also Mitchell Scott. Okay, and yourself? Same thing? I oh, look, same thing. Look, a really big, um, you know, given the disappointment Richie had last year with that, you know, tragic accident that he had, it'd be awesome to see, you know, Richie you know, get a podium. You know, if he doesn't win, I'd love to see him on the podium. But, you know, I've got a really, all Aussies got soft spot for Mitchell and Scott. You know, um, they've got a great team, you know, a lot of really good team spirit. And who knows, Adam Yates could be a bit of a smoky as well. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the race. Thank you. Thanks very much. Cheers. So here's indoor training before Zwift. You're alone in a dark basement, staring at a wall or watching TV reruns. Indoor training after Zwift, you're climbing epic mountains in Watopia, you're racing through the streets of London or sprinting through an Italian village. The world is virtual, but the watts are real. And so is the competition. With hundreds of group rides and workouts every day, you've always got friends to keep your motivation high and friends to chase. Get seven days free at Zwift.com. Uh, welcome back to the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast in France for the Tour de France 2018. Maca, uh, ahead of us, we have Day 7, a stage between Fougère and Chartres. 
it's a long one. It is a long one. Longest one of the two. Oh, gee, they don't mind banging them out early, do they? Fougere, incidentally, 2013, we had a stage start there. So I remember this town and shut. I can't. I don't know much about the course. What we do know is it's very flat. Looks like a relatively flat run-in two to the finish line. A day for the sprinters, however... Let's think about the weather and let's talk about the weather because if it does change and if there is some crosswinds, suddenly it can change uh, the race. We sort of hope so, or I hope so, because otherwise it could be a long, slow one. What does that mean, uh, a long stage 231 in the middle of, the, of, the, of this first week? Uh, is it harder? You just said uh, they're putting very early. Is it harder to have this in the first week or rather have a longer stage in the second week? Um, can or, or does it make any difference, actually? Yeah, yes and no. I mean, it depends how you're feeling. If you know, if you're if you're suffering in the first week, or you're a little bit sick, or you know, you just got bad legs, and gee, it can be a really long day. And then if you come good later in the tour, then you're not going to mind it so much. But um, look, I think you're better off getting it out of the way while you're fresh, and that's maybe why ASO did that, made it made the longest stage early on. And I guess they've got to transition across towards Roubaix for stage nine because that was always going to be in the race, wasn't it? What about the sprinters, which will have to be carried across for, thir- for 229 kilometers and 500 meters, and then going to have to deliver for the last 500 meters? Uh, that's a long day on the saddle for them to just perform on those last 500 meters. Yeah, the DSs will be saying in, the, in their uh, meetings, boys, you've got one job. One job to the sprinters, that is. One job, don't stuff it up. So it's true, though. It's just a waiting game for, for all the sprinters. They just have to sit in or out of the wheel and their teammates have got to look after them. There'll be a breakaway, 100%. I'd be, you know, I'll be uh, he for Tiggy if there's not. So there'll be a break and I'd imagine it will be caught. But, but however, once again, if there's crosswinds, it will change the race completely. So I'm not asking you for a tip, but I'm still going to ask you for what you're feeling. Uh, can someone like Sagan win this, or are we talking true sprinters like the like of Kittle and Greipel and so on? Both, yes. I mean, Sagan's in great form. You know, the, the experts, or so-called, uh, were sort of talking him down a little bit early on, and I had no idea why what they expect him to win every day almost even a team's time trial but no so Sagan he's proved already that he's good on the pure flat stages so the pure sprinters will be up but so will Peter Sagan so he's just a he's a nemesis isn't he for the other sprinters do we see Gavrila doing something there as well because he's been now picking up two stages uh you know we said no he can't be running he can't be in the running for the green jersey but he can actually be in the running for the green jersey. Yes, he's proving so far he's the man on the flat stages, on the flat finishes as well. So Gavidia will look to add to his tally, close that gap between him and Peter Sagan. But, you know, nonetheless, he's got his work cut out, even as good as he is going, Gavidia, because take out last year, Sagan got DQ'd from the race, which was ridiculous. <laughs> Every Tour de France that he had started prior to that, he won the green jersey. I think it's a first in the history of the event. So he's phenomenal and he's he's now lining himself up for number six. Do you think someone like Gavrila is uh, ruffling a few feathers with the like of Kittel, uh, the, like, the like of the, the sprinters royalty, the Cavendish? Cavendish is having a, can I say he's having a horrible tour so far? He's not performing. He's definitely not happy with everything, including himself. At that level, do you think someone new, fresh coming like Gavrila is ruffling some feathers in their head? That's messing up with their head? Totally. It's changing of the guard. This is it. It's changing of the guard. Mark Cavendish, his career is coming to an end. And 
you know, he's not as quick as what he was three, four years ago. So, and you're right, he's getting frustrated and he's probably frustrated himself at his teammates and the rivals around him. And Gavidia is one of those. Marcel Kittle, he's interesting. He's certainly not towards the end of his career. You wouldn't think so anyway. He should still be at his best. I mean, he won a bunch of stages last year, but he just hasn't been able to nail it. So he'll be... He'll be gunning for a big one. And then you've got Andre Greipel. Contracts up at the end of the year. He said to Lotto Sudal, they only offered him one year. He said, I'll test the market. So far, the market is saying you're only as good as your last performance. And he hasn't had a victory. So all of these riders, the pressure is mounting for them. For Kittel, is an interesting one because he switched him from Quickstep to uh, Katusha. What about the recruitment around him in Katusha? Does he have the lead train that can actually deliver him uh, for the last few metres? Not at the moment, because he hasn't won, has he? So not at the moment. No, that, that's a question mark. And he had a great train at Quickstep. And look, I don't know all the backstory of why he left. Maybe Quickstep were happy for him to leave. Uh, they saw Gavidia as the new young up-and-comer. So, and maybe, look, maybe there was more money. Probably was. Uh, after his bunch of stage wins 12 months ago, his contract was up, so he went, bang, I'm leaving. Katusha has been known to have a pretty big budget uh, when, when, they, when they decide to. So, There's all those little things that come into it. Um, you know, he won't be... I'm sure he's still sleeping okay, Marcel Kittle, but they want to win. Sprinters want to win and they're paid to win, so they've got the job ahead of them. Absolutely. So we have a, quite an interesting stage ahead of us, especially towards the end. Uh, so I, I recommend the people fuel early uh, on the tour snacks and stay all the way to the end because there is, a, there, is a, there is going to be a battle for that finish line. And I think also, it's a long day. Get on and do a Zwift uh, course at about 10 p.m., 11 p.m. Wake yourself up. Yeah, and then you can then you can have your tour snacks. Then you've earned your tour snacks. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <Gotta> be strategic. <laughs> Thanks, Maka. Uh, great to have you in the podcast again. Yeah, likewise. Good stuff. And this is it for the podcast uh, today. Let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral. Until tomorrow morning, it's bye for now. The SBS podcast brings you daily recaps of the Tour de France and Zwift brings you even closer to the pros. Zwift, our sponsor, turned indoor training into a full-on experience. Cyclists around the world log on to train, socialize and race virtually. You'll even see plenty of tour riders hopping on Zwift on their rest days, meaning you could be riding shoulder to shoulder with some of the world's greats, which is awesome. Ride and climb in Zwift without ever leaving your home. It's a great thing to do while you're watching the tour. So start Zwifting with a free seven-day trial at Zwift.com.